Welcome to Get Yourself Back, a podcast designed especially for those recovering from narcissists. Here, I teach you how to heal, how to feel lasting peace, lead with love, and create the life you want, no matter what you've been through or who is in your life. Hi, I'm Laura, by the way, and I'm the coach for people dealing with narcissists who have lost themselves trying to survive. It's time to get yourself back. Let's go. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. So for the next few episodes, we're going to do something a little bit different. I want to introduce you to my actual real clients, and I want you to be able to hear from them what it's like being coached with me. I want you to see their journey, how they got from where they were to where they are now, how their lives have changed through the coaching process so that you can really get a good idea of what it's like to heal alongside working with a coach. It's super fun. These are amazing people. I have just been so honored to be part of the journey with them. And so I'd love to introduce you to them. Our first one, her name is Dr. Bethany Pellows. And she is an amazing client. Honestly, all my clients are amazing. <laughs> Let's be real. But to really get to see her transformation is truly remarkable. And so I hope you enjoy. Okay, so we are here with my former client and good friend, Bethany, Dr. Bethany Pellows, and she is a doctor of chiropractor. How do you say that? Doctor of chiropractic? Doctor of chiropractic. Okay, yes. right. Doctor of chiropractic. She is amazing. She has um, so much experience and so much wisdom and so much knowledge, and I'm just so delighted that I got to not only um, be with her in her coaching journey, but also to be her friend. So, um, Miss Bethany, we want to know Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about kind of your background and what brought you to coaching. Okay. Um, so background, obviously, I'm a, I'm a doctor. Um, and when I had met you, well, I guess, uh, let me back up a little bit. I was a professional dancer previously before I became a chiropractor. I owned my own dance studio, got to travel the world dancing and teaching. I loved it. When I met you, I had just moved to the Houston area and was really starting my practice here. And um, what led me to coaching was, it was a fun story. Like um, we were, we met at a networking group for women mm -hmm. and I had just finished giving a presentation <laughs> on a health and wellness for women. And we got to go around our, the table, introducing ourselves, telling what our business is and how we can help people. And you said, I help women uh, I forget exactly what you said, but there's just some uh, help women who are raised by narcissists. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, oh, hello, that's me. <laughs> that's I love me. it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, um, you know, I had previously gone to counseling because I had, I was picking the wrong men mm -hmm. in my life and uh, letting men take advantage of me. And um, I found right around the time I, was, I met you that it was that same thing was kind of leaking into my professional life. Yes. And, um, I kind of had developed social anxiety disorder, like, uh, 
I don't want to say disorder, but I definitely developed social anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, I was trying to be everything to everyone. Um, I was stressed out. I was anxious. I wasn't sleeping Mm -hmm. and it was kind of tanking my business. Yeah. I didn't want, I didn't want it. I did not want that to continue. So when you told me that you help women who raised my narcissists, I think I literally ran over to you. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. People were coming to me for help, you know, because I was just giving a presentation and I ran over to you. I was like, wait, I need, I need. That was really fun. I love that. So, well, and it was really cool um, too, because I was able to say, hey, I would like help with my health. So we were kind of able to help each other. It was really nice. Anyway, yeah. continue. It was really nice. I mean, we yeah. helped each other kind of the same, at the same time we had different needs, but yes, and I got right. to develop friendship with you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we, that's how my coaching journey with you started. And I did once a week for one hour with you. And I started talking about basically what I just said. And it wasn't until like, I, I remember I was doing like coaching zooms with you at work mm-hmm. and I, I think what I really started to develop, like the, the go deep with you is when I switched from doing the zooms at work to at home. Mm, interesting. And yeah. I think I was able to let my guard down and I'm 99% sure I, I cried uh-huh. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yes. Crying with your coach is that's a sign something is going right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it was good. Um, I think the biggest thing, if I could pinpoint it to one to two things that you helped me with was bringing down my anxiety levels. Mm. That was number one. Um, I wasn't sleeping. I was sleeping maybe, I don't know, like four or five hours a night. Yeah. And for me, that's not, that's not enough. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, the average person needs what seven to nine hours of sleep a night. And I'm the kind of person that needs 10. <laughs> yeah. I bet you and I was exhausted. sleeping four to five. So I was exhausted. I wasn't, you know, and at some point during our coaching, I remember saying to you, Hey, I am sleeping. Yes. I remember I'm sleeping. That. And not only am I sleeping, I'm not, no, was no longer having anxiety dreams. I actually had a good dreams. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Your brain no longer needed to process all of that anxiety, like on a regular basis. How did we, how did we do that? How did we get you to that point? Um, so there was a couple of things we did. Uh, one of the things I remember was, a. um, oh, that's a good question. I haven't thought about this. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think uh, one of the things I remember was waking up in the morning and just breathing for 30 seconds, mm-hmm. just breathing. And same thing kind of at night and like turning off my phone and um, breathing and talking about and thinking about the blessings in my life and, and good things and just having that focused time seemed to be enough to like turn off my anxiety brain. Yeah. That's like an excellent practice of that. Yeah. yeah. Cause, cause that's how the brain works, right? You our our brains are really amazing at doing what we tell it to do. So if we tell it to be worried about things, it will run the course of anxiety and 
and uh, stress and it will imagine all the worst case things. It will go back in time about all the things to be worried about, right? But if we teach the brain that one, number one, it's safe to not worry about those things. And number two, like teach it through physical calmness that, you know, we're just breathing right now. Like everything's going to be okay. We can take that space and that time and give that to our brains. Like it gives them an opportunity to go a different direction. Um, so tell me the things that you were super anxious about. Um, there was quite a few things. Um, one was like, um, definitely had a touch of imposter syndrome going on. Mm -hmm. I remember that. Um, mm -hmm. um, thinking that, you know, I'm not good enough. People are going to know that I'm like a fraud or that I'm lying to them. (laughs) (laughs) Those were big. Um, another one was, um, that I just wasn't going to cut it as like a business, as a business owner, Mm -hmm. you know, that I couldn't like be as good as my peers. Yeah. Um, so that, that was a lot of it. I would say that was probably the most, the the biggest things that, you know, I was going to be exposed as a fraud and I wasn't going to live up to like my own expectations or the expectations of my other coaches. Yeah. So how did we, how did, how did, how did you deal with that through the coaching process? Um, well, we talked about one was like, where did those expectations come from? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and I, we kind of delved into childhood and I remember talking about, um, how I wasn't, you know, I was, I was kind of the oldest, oldest child and I wasn't allowed to make mistakes mm-hmm. and would be punished for making a mistake or be, or laughed at, or somebody would be like, Oh, see, you know, Um, and I had to process, and I remember talking through that with you that it was okay to make a mistake. It's healthy to make mistakes Mm -hmm. and it's not the end of the world. If I do, even as a doctor or a business owner, um, the other thing, anything about you or exactly, it doesn't, right. mm -hmm. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't say anything about me as a person and my value. Exactly. Um, it, I remember you talking to me about, you know, well, who puts this value on you? What if, what if first you lost everything, you lost your health and nobody was able to, and like, you could not take care of yourself. Would you still be valuable to this world? And the answer is yes. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And you, you, you talked about like, well, if, if let's say my husband had the same thing, would you stop taking, would I stop taking care of him? Would I, would he stop having value? No. Right. Why would it be any different for me? And that was kind of like, Oh, okay. Like trying to reprogram my mind Mm -hmm. from thinking, you know, you're worthless. You make mistakes (laughs) to no, you have an innate value Mm -hmm. regardless of your ability to perform. Exactly. I think so much of people who have been, in the environment of narcissists in their life are taught that same, that same lesson that, oh, because you have failed in this way, right? You've made me feel something I don't want to feel. Then I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to treat you a certain way, right? I'm going to tell you that you're not good enough for me, that you're a failure. You're all these things. And what they're really trying to do is manage their own drama, their own pain. And it actually has nothing to do with your value or worth. They're just trying to make you feel bad. So they feel better, but really it has no, 
no basis in reality. It has no basis in the truth. The truth is you were born valuable. You'll die valuable the exact same amount because you are worth the universe, right? But because you were little and someone bigger than you said, used you to manage their emotion, right? Children don't understand. They, they just are given, they just believe what they're given. And that that's that sacred trust that, you know, unfortunately is what's, what it's like living in the world that we live in. Right. And so our jobs as adults is to see those lessons for what they are and to unlearn them. And I think you did a brilliant job at that. Thanks. I had a good coach. (laughs) (laughs) It takes two. It does take two. And sometimes it's like these things that you innately know about other people. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's like, okay, well, just to be reminded that I'm people too. Yeah. (laughs) You're people too. too. I love that. It's a good quote. Um, the other thing, you are people too. I'm people too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say another thing that I learned was that's kind of piggybacking off of this is that I am not responsible for other people's emotions. Dun, 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 dun. That <laughs> is like, that is what I preach day in and day out. You are not responsible for other people's emotions. If there is nothing else you learn from any of the time listening to any of my content or listening to my clients or any of the lessons or coaching that you do. If you learn this one lesson, it is so valuable. You are not responsible for other people's emotions. Please continue. I just love it. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I didn't, I, it didn't occur to me consciously that I was trying to control other people's emotions and how mm-hmm. they responded to me. And I had learned for you that I, I'm a, I'm a peacemaker naturally mm-hmm. I think and then like being raised by narcissists kind of exactly like exacerbated yeah. exaggerated that yeah um, totally but, but one thing that was causing me a lot of stress in my practice and my business was um trying to con- I realized I was trying to control people's reactions right and and the outcomes whether they like signed up to pair or not and mm-hmm. again basing my value <laughs> on whether they decided to continue with care or not. Right. And, and trying to control the outcome myself. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, um, with my new job and applying these principles, I stopped worrying about, are they going to sign up or not? Who yeah. cares? Who cares? Who freaking cares? Like I, you are a person and I'm going to do my job. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to take care of you to the best of my ability. And whether you decide to sign up for care or not, that's, it's not my problem. I did my job and I'm treating yeah. you as a person. Isn't it amazing? And ironically, I mean, maybe not ironically, I have the highest close rate in my practice right now. Oh, of course you do. <laughs> yes, <laughs> of course you do. So and, right. and I'm showing well up for them. It's, it's amazing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm showing up for them. I'm not trying to control the outcome. I'm not trying to control their emotion. If they have and it's been positive, which is the cool thing, you know, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> okay. So how did you unlearn that lesson? How were you able to go from, I caretake all everyone's emotions around me. It's my job to, oh wait, it's not my job at all. How did you get there? Um, number one, being aware mm-hmm. that I'm doing it and also being in situations like, okay, like if I, I was starting to be aware of like my physical cues, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I've noticed that like my heart rate starts to go up. Mm-hmm. I stop breathing. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I, and just being aware of that, it's like, okay, who am I talking? Who's in front of me? Or, or why am I feeling this? Yeah. What in this conversation is bringing these feelings? Mm. Am I trying to control this? Mm-hmm. Am I focusing on the person in front of me or am I focusing on what I need to get out of this? <gasps> so good. Am I focusing on the person in front of me as a person or am I focus on, focusing on what I'm trying to get out of this, right? Because caretaking other people's emotions seems really benevolent. It feels like you're doing everyone else a favor, but really it's about controlling their emotions so that you feel better. And so, and that was what you were trained to do, right? That's what you were raised to do. If you can control their emotions, then you could feel safe. So it's not like you're a horrible control freak. That's not what that's about. It's just that in order for you to feel safe, you had to make sure everybody else around you is happy and they're satisfied mm-hmm. and that you're people pleasing them. Exactly. Right? But it's if, not if, about- if they're happy, they're not, it's not targeted at me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But now how do you, how, how do you show up in front of people? Um, I just try to be like my natural empathetic self. I mean, that's mm-hmm. part of one of, you know, my gifts. And also one of the reasons I'm learned, I learned that I do attract narcissists is because I'm very empathetic. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> so it's a blessing a and a curse, but <laughs> I try to use, uh, use that gift, you know, to really, truly like empathize with the person in front of me. Why, what, why are they here? Why are they seeking out my help? Mm-hmm. Like specifically in my practice setting. Yeah. And can, and can I help them? You know, cause if not, that's valid also. Yeah. And it's better for me to say, Hey, I think this other doctor might be a great fit for you rather than trying to be all things to all people, because I need to feel validated. Exactly. There's such a big difference. Like in, in part of this work, I love that you said that you still have your, you, you still have your gift of empathy because empathy really is a gift. Mm -hmm. And just because it was taken advantage of by the narcissist in your life, doesn't mean that you have to give it up. You just have to scale it down a little bit and and, and have appropriate empathy mm-hmm. rather than taking it to the next level of controlling everyone's emotions around you. So you can feel safe. Yes. I love that. Yes. Excellent balance. Way to go. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> one of my star clients, actually all my clients are my star clients, but still, this is just, this is, <laughs> this is what's possible. And I loved how you described what that's like, where you just slow down, you get super aware of your body and your thoughts passing through your mind when you're in the moment of trying to control other people's emotions. And it takes multiple times of really slowing down and seeing it for what it really is before that awareness really kicks in. And you're like, wait, it's safe to not make sure they're happy. It's safe. And that's really what your brain needs. Your brain needs to know that it's safe. And when it knows that it's safe, then the urge and the need to caretake everyone around you is going to either diminish or almost completely disappear. All right. What else? So we, so we're good at not controlling other people. Um, what else do we talk about? We're good at, um, managing anxiety. Any other things that you remember we worked on that have changed your life? I mean, there are so many things. (laughs) 
so many. And uh, no, I mean, truly, though, I really think every every session I kind of unravel uh, unwrap something new. Yeah. And and things that I hadn't necessarily processed before. But though I would say those are the two the two biggest things. Um anxiety and like sleeping and then knowing I'm not responsible for other people's feelings. And that's still yeah. it's still an ongoing thing, you know, it's still a you know, day-to-day practice and you know. Yeah. You yeah, you know sometimes uh-huh. I I deal with it too where I I catch myself and I'm like, "Oh, oh my goodness, I can't believe I've just been people pleasing this whole time." <laughs> right? It's it mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you're perfect all the time, but it's it but the difference is that your whole life isn't run by this intense mm-hmm. pressure of anxiety of making sure everybody's happy around you and it's like ruining your whole life and it's getting in, in the way of your business mm-hmm. expanding it's getting in the way of your relationships right it, it, it's a whole different world mm-hmm. yeah i think another thing that i process through it mixed all in that is that um like at first i felt like maybe i was a horrible person because mm-hmm. i was trying to control these things and people around me because i didn't want to do that i don't want control people. But I also had to learn I'm not a bad person for doing that, you know, kind of that protecting, like protective mechanism that I developed over time. And it's not bad. It's just what it is. And now that I'm aware, I can move around and through that. So good, Mm -hmm. right? That compassion, that understanding of yourself, you know, taking away that blanket of judgment, I think, and we'll get to a podcast episode later on about this, but one of the main tools of the narcissist is judgment is you're bad and I'm better. Right. And if you use judgment, even if it's against yourself, right, you're not the bad guy in this scenario, you're still using that judgment. So you're Mm -hmm. calling yourself, you know, horrible things or, you know, degrading yourself when it's really unnecessary, you can be compassionate. Like all those tools that you picked up from being raised by a narcissist were just survival mechanisms. And it's actually a really amazing thing that we develop these tools that aren't serving us anymore, but at the time they did, they got us through. So I love that you said that. What, um, what advice would you have for someone who is thinking about working with me as a coach or currently doing the work of healing from narcissist abuse? What advice would you have? Um, Well, if you're thinking of working with Laura as a coach, do it. (laughs) Just drop everything, invest in yourself and do it. Um, (laughs) I can't, I I, I can't agree with you more. I love it. (laughs) But seriously, like if you're on the fence, as far as coaching, just, you know, just talk to her. You do a, if I remember correctly, do a free consult. I do consultation for private coaching. Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and if you, and if you're not interested in like private coaching, the, uh, Facebook group is a great way to start. I know there's some great conversations in there, but if you've never, if you even think you have been raised by a narcissist or have been around or just reach out because it is an investment in yourself. Um, you are not crazy. Mm-hmm. You are not crazy, and yes. it's just one. Of, it is one of the most validating things that I've ever done. You know, mm-hmm. like learning about these patterns in my mind that I thought I was just like, well, either normal or crazy. But 
Um, and I, and I think that's another thing with like being around narcissists. You co- yeah. are constantly feeling like you're being gaslit. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. So to where you stop, um, trusting your own self and exactly. your own thoughts and ha- working with you, it's like, okay, well, this thought is real. It's mm-hmm. valid. Mm-hmm. And just having somebody on the outside be like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's valid. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Well, if that if that thought and feeling was correct, maybe other ones are right, and I can start trusting myself and yes, progress from there. Yeah. So, in general, how do you feel about your life now, your business now, even your relationships? Um, my life right now, I love it. <laughs> like, I. I'm, I'm sleeping. I'm not anxious. I just feel like life is good right now. And I, I do owe attribute a lot of that to coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really do. I have since transferred jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that alone kind of got me out of a lot of anxiety, mm-hmm. but I'm bringing everything I learned to this new job mm-hmm. and working with people being present and my relationship, um, it's great. I mean, I now know and continue to know that I'm not responsible for my husband's feelings either. Mm-hmm. And it, it's okay. And I don't have to control it, him. <laughs> right. Like, is it possible to love your husband and not be responsible for his emotions at the same time? Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. And you're actually doing him a favor. <laughs> uh-huh. His emotions are his. <laughs> They're his. They're uh-huh. his and he's entitled to them. Mm-hmm. Right. There are probably so many people listening right now who like, but wait, if I stop caretaking other people's emotions, then they're not going to know that I love them. Right. So how do you explain that to someone who's like feeling anxious right now thinking, but if I stop making sure he's happy, then I, it's not, that I'm not going to be showing him that I love him. How do you explain that? How do you make sense of that? Gosh, that's a great question. Um, I think one thing that I know is that people love their own thoughts. They love their own emotions and their own feelings. Mm-hmm. So by trying to control and manipulate their feelings, you're actually taking it away from them. Yes. Which kind of heightens their discontent, which can heighten their narcissistic cloud, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which is to another thing, um, when I start to feel that like tightening in my chest, that's where I kind of feel this anxiety and like, where I start to feel heavy. Um, I said, another question I ask myself, is this mine or is this somebody else's? Right. Ooh, I love that question. Uh-huh. Does this belong to me or is it someone else's? Ooh, that's gold. Mm-hmm. That is gold. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of amazing. Like once you start asking yourself that question, at least I've started to realize how much of other people's stuff I started taking on. Yeah. And it is not my emotion. Like, I don't know if you've, like, if you've ever been around somebody and you start to feel like heavy and icky and just, yes. ugh. Mm-hmm. And like, I know I don't feel this way, but I feel this way. Where is this coming from? Right. That and is nine so times, good. Uh, and nine oh. times out of 10, you can identify who it's coming from. Mm-hmm. And um, a little, and you know, I believe in God and I believe in pr- the power of prayer. And I just kind yes. of say, okay, God, 
take these emotions from me, <laughs> clean them up, give them back to whoever they belong to and bless that person. Amen. And I feel that heaviness and that yuck lift. And, oh. and, it, and it's back to them. And honestly, the narcissists, they want that. They want their own like narcissistic cloud. And mm-hmm. so they, yeah. So I don't know if that was the answer to your question, but that's oh, it was amazing. <laughs> you far exceeded what I, what you far exceeded the lesson I was hoping to get from that because you're so right. Like I remember I did that work uh, specifically with my mom. You know, I took on, all of her pain, all of her struggle, all of her, you know, just the hard things that ever happened in her life. And when I finally learned, I went to that place in my mind where I was like, this doesn't belong to me. And I gave it back to her or I gave it back to God. Somebody mm-hmm. take it. Somebody, it's not yours. It ain't mine. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just everything lifted, you know, it, we decided to take that on because we thought it would help. We thought it would make us feel more safe when in reality, it just is a weight that nobody needs us to carry. It really Mm -hmm. isn't necessary. And, and how do you show love to the people around you without caretaking their emotions? That's a great question. I think I'm still learning how to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just show love the way I know how, um, my love language is physical touch. Mm-hmm. So, which I think translates great to the chiropractic. My it profession. sure does. <laughs> loving so people know that, all day. Loving people all day. So just know if I'm adjusting you, I'm loving, I love you. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so hugs and adjustments. And then I also try to like, I try, this is an ongoing, you know, thing, but I try to learn how people receive love also. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it goes back to the five love languages, like, Yes. Um, my husband is an acts of service guy. Mm-hmm. So I try to do little things like I'll make his lunch. Like I know it's antiquated, but he loves that. And he loves it. Yeah. And, and it. is there like tons of pressure to do that? There's zero pressure. Zero. Zero pressure. I think a lot of times people read that book, the five love languages, especially if they're dealing with a narc and it's suddenly like the prescribed way and there's tons mm-hmm. of pressure. And like, if you don't speak my love language, you don't love me. You're a horrible person. When in reality, the love languages are just an opportunity to express love. Yes. And if you aren't doing it in the right way, it that doesn't mean anything's gone wrong. It just means, oh, then we've got work to do for you, you know, because they're, they're, the pressure does not need to be there. A lot of people hold other people accountable for whether or not they speak their love language. I, I talked to a lot of women in relationships who are like, he should know that I want this, this, and this. And it's like, no, he shouldn't. <laughs> he is exactly who he is. And he's going to show mm-hmm. love how he shows love, yeah. right? You can communicate with him, but at the end of the day, you're putting pressure on him to behave a certain way. That's not love. And when you put pressure on yourself to behave a certain way, still not love, but I can see how you are showing love with zero pressure, with zero expectation. And it's just a pure expression of love, right? There's no caretaking. It's just, Oh yeah, I can, this would be fun. I can do this. And I want, I want people who are listening to this to know that this has been over a decade Mm. of healing for me. Like this yes. to get where I am now it, it was not easy mm-hmm. in any way. So if you are in that place where like, I just can't even fathom <laughs> trying to show love, 
and have that person accepted or just know that there's hope there's light at the end of the tunnel. And I think that's where coaching comes in really and truly just to let you know, there's light, there's hope. You're not alone in all of this. And there are concrete reasons that this is happening Mm -hmm. and there are tools to help guide you through. Exactly. Uh, That's exactly my experience too. When I found coaching, it was like the, the, the piece that fit for me. Mm-hmm. It may not fit for everyone, but like you, I worked for years, like at least a decade on myself, on healing. And when I finally found coaching, it was the thing I needed. And my whole life is completely different. And it's so funny. I There are lots of things in my life I want to improve upon. And coaching is really kind of what I just love. And so I'm just continuing to like up level all the time using the Mm -hmm. coaching process. It's just, it's the best thing ever. Like there, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, but if, but there's always room for improvement and you can keep getting better. You can keep doing more if you want to, but yeah, if you're in the tunnel, there is light and there is a way out. And if coaching is for you, it's worth a shot to try. It definitely made the biggest difference in my life. And clearly Mm -hmm. from Dr. Bethany's life too, it's, it's just, it's just amazing. Any, any final words? Anything you wanted no, to say? That we I'm just, up? I don't know. I'm just so grateful for you and what you ah, do. And I'm you grateful know, for you. <laughs> how, <laughs> I'm so grateful for our friendship. And yes. I'm just, I'm just so excited to see, I mean, you're already changing lives. Like you really are. And again, people, if you're thinking of a coach, just sign up. It's worth every, <laughs> every single penny. <laughs> I do get that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> as you should. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's definitely not, um, it, it, it's quite the investment. I'm not going to lie. And yeah. coaching for me was an investment for myself too. But just like you said, I just like Dr. Bethany, I have so many other people and we'll hear from them on the podcast too, in episodes coming up that each and every one of my clients has said it is worth the money I paid and even double. I've had some clients say that too. Like, I would have paid double for this. Like oh, it's easy. just, it's amazing. So I get it. Sometimes it's not easy to invest in yourself. <laughs> Especially if you're a narcissist, but yeah, right. They, it, they, but it's worth it. That's the, maybe that's the first act of self-healing, you know, just exactly putting that deposit down, mm-hmm. investing in yourself. And if, and it's like, I tell my chiropractic patients, you know, you're going to pay one way or the other, you're going to pay now, or you're going to pay later. Why not invest now and save some money later? Oh my gosh. So true. Oh my gosh. I love, I love my chiropractic care. <laughs> I'm so grateful. I have Dr. Bethany because I knew I needed <laughs> chiropractic care and she was just, she was, she was there right when I needed her. Y'all, I, can I just say I had the best pregnancy because of chiropractic care. Thanks to Dr. Bethany and what she did. Like I had so much, um, less back pain. I mean, this is not, I mean, it's obviously a, a podcast about narcissism and coaching, but I just want to like advertise for Dr. Bethany because <laughs> I, I just had the most amazing pregnancy. I was, I had so much less back pain. I slept so much better. And my birth, I kid you not was five and a half hours. And it was like one and a half pushes that baby was Jeez, out. And that's amazing. It's amazing. And I've had two other births that did not go like mm-hmm. that. They were completely different. So really like my point is, invest in yourself, whatever that looks like. Like if you need Mm -hmm. to heal in some way, go for it because it will change everything. Like I, that kind of birth experience 
I, I had no idea that was even possible for me. Seriously, I thought that mm-hmm. I was supposed to labor and be in a lot of pain. And I mean, it wasn't a pain-free birth. I I I I can't say that. <laughs> but um I it was a completely so much of a better experience than I ever would have imagined. And I know it was because I took care of myself mm-hmm. throughout the entire pregnancy. And that's true for investing in your body. It's true for investing in your mind. So yes. I just want to. Yeah. It, body, mind, and connection. It all, yes. it all works together. You know, you it can't really separate does. your mind from your body. You can't separate your body from your mind. So yes. Yeah. Well, heal them, heal them both. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, I have listeners from all over the world and we're here in Houston, but if you're here in Houston, where can someone find you, Dr. Bethany? Um, well, even if you're not in Houston, um, I do answer my email. My email is oh. Pello at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now, currently in Houston, I am at the Joint Chiropractic in Webster, Texas. Nice. And if you're listening from out of state and you are interested in chiropractic, please reach out to me. I have a vast network all over the U.S. Um, of chiropractors that I can connect you with that are reputable. So, yay! Okay, so we'll help you with your mind and we'll help you with your spine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I kind of love that slogan. We need to do like an event or something. Yes, I work. agree. <laughs> Mine is- Okay, I, link, combined. <laughs> I love that. Awesome. So if you want to find her email address, that'll be in the show notes as well. And just thank you so much, Dr. Bethany, for joining me today and for telling us your story. You're amazing. It's just been an honor to watch your transformation from this end over here. It's it's pretty amazing. Well done. <laughs> it's my pleasure. Thank you so much. <laughs> hey there. If you are ready to take your life to the next level, working one-on-one with me just might be what you're looking for. I invite you to book a consultation. It's a free one-hour conversation focused entirely on your situation that will change your life. Email me directly at laura at bythewaycoaching.com to get started. Can't wait to see you soon.